Hey, greetings from the year 3000. It still sucks. This is Philip J. Fry, and you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like, and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Murder Mystery Show. Uh, Big Blue was in here a minute ago. I'm not sure what happened to him. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out, guys. He's like, I was here up until this point, and then he's gone. His camera's shut. Want to welcome everybody into into the live chat. Welcome everybody into the show. Uh, Jaime, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I just got back from uh, eating dinner with the kids. Nice, nice. Um, what were you thinking, or what were your thoughts today? I know that there was some big news that were supposed to be coming in today. Yeah, it looks, sounds like we're going to have to be waiting on that. Yeah, um, man, it does sound like we're going to have to be waiting a little bit longer than we expected. Exactly. So, for those that don't know, uh, the probable cause affidavit was get, had a hearing today to decide whether or not they were going to release the information on there. It sounds like whatever they do bring out is going to be highly redacted. Um, you know, they have presented a redacted statement already. Uh, there's some questions, some concerns. It appears prosecutors believe there might be some more involvement going on. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I I thought that sounds about right, man. Like I think that's why they didn't want to, um, you know, un, un, unseal the documents because they had more more people involved or they were investigating more people, more suspects, and trying to get more solid evidence on them. Right, right. And like, you know, and we'll go through exactly what was said and 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 some theories here and there about what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> were you surprised that the prosecutors um, stated that there was potentially more people involved? Um, honestly, no, um, because if because of all the stuff that King and Klein was uh, up to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I believe I believe that Keegan Klein is like some sort some sort of a middleman to Richard Allen and maybe even his own dad. Right. right. That's what, the case. If that's the case, I, I, that's why I said that maybe that's why they didn't want to reveal the the documents at this point because they're trying to get more evidence on other um, subjects. Uh, hey guys, I'm sorry I got kicked out. You know. Uh, the FBI agents must have found me again, so I reroute my router again. That's me. I got kicked out for something. Your mic. You're muted, Denny. Dang it! You're you're sounding kind of rough there, Big Blue. Try um, uh, messing with your mic here. I'm gonna mute you for a second. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the um. There's definitely more people involved, apparently. Do you think that potentially it's more than just Keegan Klein and the Kleins? Do you think that maybe there's somebody else involved completely uh, unbeknownst? I mean, nobody was really pointing at Richard Allen when he got arrested or he yeah. started being a person of interest. They started doing the search on his house. Um, nobody expected Richard Allen. It was just kind of out of the blue, out of left field. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the, the murders that happened in Idaho where the police have come out, come forward, talked about the uh, 
the crime and how the murders were committed and and put out a lot of information to either put the public at ease or on alert. Uh, the Indiana State Police seem to be doing quite the opposite, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what do you think about their, well, one, do you think that it's it's more than Keegan Klein? Or uh, do you think that, um, and also, what do you think about the tactics that they're using as far as um, being so secretive about things? Uh, um, I think uh, I think there is possibly more people. Maybe not involved in the murder itself, but involved in the the the, the dealing with um, child pornography. You know, right, right. What about hey. you, Big Blue? Oh, wait, never mind. Go ahead, get Jaime. But that's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? All right. What about you, Big Blue? Oh, what I what I got off of one of the reports was that the judge wanted the documents redacted to kind of like take off, I guess, the name of probably some children that are in the in the files. They want to protect the children. So right. You want to... Redacted. Go ahead, Big Blue. I say he wants all that redacted and then resubmitted, then he'll go through it and see if he'll approve it. Yeah. So the only problem with that is the fact that if they do that, um, we're not going to see that until maybe next, maybe in two weeks. Because well, if they, they, they apparently the uh, the prosecutors had a redacted um, probable cause affidavit that they submitted stating basically if they were to release one that this is the one that they would prefer to release basically the redacted one. Um, the attorneys for Richard Allen have seen the probable cause affidavit, the unredacted one apparently, and they're they're requesting a motion for bond or bail, um, you know, and they're seem to be pretty confident that Richard Allen is um, innocent and that the evidence against him is, and I quote, flimsy at best. And they were not impressed with the uh, evidence against them. Yeah. Um, do you feel that perhaps the evidence isn't strong given how confident the defense is and how they are also asking for this to be released to the public? Uh, there's been some question marks surrounding the uh, Indiana State Police Department. I believe there was a lawsuit filed um, not too long ago prior to Richard Allen's arrest, indicating that, you know, something alluding to the fact that they were doing their jobs on this case, so to speak. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on on the on the pro, uh, on the defense attorney? His um, what's the word I'm looking for? his confidence in how they're going to be able to attack this probable cause affidavit. Are y'all concerned that it's not enough or perhaps maybe the uh, police got the wrong man? Start off with you, Big Blue. Um, I think I think they got the right man because they wouldn't just uh, keep somebody in jail without probable cause and without bail, without, you know, either two things afraid that he'll run once they let him go. Or they have the man that they've been looking for for the last seven years, and they don't want him to get, you know, to do, you know, there's a lot of people that will to not bring it, the, the darkness in their life to light. They'll probably, you know, probably have them on suicide watch or something. Uh, people will do that, so I think that's one of the reasons why they kind of have them in a private, and they move them to keep for his safety. 
they probably having a you know suicide watch or something. Uh, who knows? How but I mean, Richard Allen seems like he's pleading that he's innocent, and they got the wrong guy. And I don't know. That's just my speculation. You know? Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, you have statements like this. It may be weird for our defense lawyers, I suppose, to be arguing that we want things unsealed, but that's how confident we are in our client, said Baldwin. Um, that's how confident we are that the evidence contained, at least what's written in the probable cause affidavit, is nothing for us to worry about. We don't know what other evidence is out there, but we're conf confident that whatever is out there is not going to be enough to show that our client did anything here. He's confused. He's bewildered. Alan's wife continues to fully support him, but this has upended their lives, the lawyer said. That's, um, that's insane. You know, <clears throat> the, the wife is still fully supporting the, you know, Richard Allen. So that means that throughout that entire time that they were searching the house and they had him outside and, and this entire time since he's been arrested, yeah, she still believes that he's innocent from this. Uh, I think it's because of the evidence not being public. You know what I mean? Um, if evidence is in his home from the murder or from where the, where the, the he killed the girls, then that pretty much seals the deal, right? But as long you as would think so, yeah. Like if, but as long as like if there's some sort of solid evidence. Then that depends them to, to this scene. Then, you know, what I mean, then that's the whole reason they have them locked up right now. You know, they're not gonna let them out for on bond either. And if they requested, he requested for a bond, but I think the judge said they're gonna look into it until probably February. If that's right, there's a there's a court in February for his bond. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> if you have any questions in the comment section and or thoughts and theories, please let us know. Um, if they have a wrong guy, that's a huge lawsuit. Be bent 810 says, Matt Johnson goes, if they have the wrong guy, they'll ruin his life. He definitely will need to move. Yeah. I mean, it would be tough. I mean, it, it goes back to the evidence that they had to do the search warrant. Now it was released that it was based off of an old tip and things of that nature. If that ends up being the case, um, it's going to be. If it had nothing to do with the search at the at the Wabash River and 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 the intel that came out of that, that nothing was found. Man, I, I find it very difficult based off of somebody saying that they were at the trail or the park that was highly populated and a lot of people went was enough to do the search. And if that wasn't enough to do the search, then anything they found in the search would be admissible or inadmissible. Out of the and so it's a tricky thing, but they mentioned that names and ages and, and people were um, redacted out of this case, right? Now, yeah. I found a video that was taken about three weeks ago, and we'll break it down and, and, um, and talk about it in pieces. It's a four-minute video for copyright and things of that nature, I have to, um, you know, break it down and then talk every now and then. Uh, if you guys want to mute yourselves. And so on this this particular uh, case, this is actually the same folks. Uh, they're called uh, Julie Melvin. Uh, 
these are the same folks that walked down the um, the trail that we saw yesterday over the Monhan Bridge and down to down the hill area. This is the same lady. She's doing some great work. We'll be putting um, their information in the description after the show. Let's see. At this church, and I'm sitting here with Max Huberger. Hey, Max. How you at this church, and I'm sitting here with Max Huberger. Hey, Max. How you doing? Good. So, Max, um, tell us about like how how did you know Libby? Tell us about that, if you would. School friendship, pretty young age, best friends. Yeah, you guys were best friends, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she was uh, she was talking with you um, on the night of the. 13th, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. So this guy here, he's um, a friend of Libby's. He is uh, about the same age. Now, when you look at the probable cause affidavit um, that was redacted and what they said that was on there, that there was probably uh, children at the time of the incident that are no longer children, right, that were involved, um, that kind of leads to you that the... Um, that these minors may have had contact with the uh, whoever the suspect was, and if the probable cause affidavits, you know, has one of these children on it, then that means that they made in contact with Richard Allen, or they have believed that they've talked to Richard Allen. And I'm assuming, and this is only assuming, that that contact was off the Anthony Shots or some kind of social media profile, perhaps um, Craig Renfro Ross or Craig Ross Renfro. The alias that he had um, would have been somebody that maybe was in contact with some of these juveniles. It's quite a bit of speculation, but when you look at the uh, breadcrumbs as far as the reason why they didn't want to release it is to protect some of the witnesses who at the time of the incident were children. These are friends of Libby and friends of Abby who, if their witnesses on here or listed here as witnesses, they probably came in some type of contact with the um with what they suspect is richard allen on top some type of social media device i'll mute myself was. what was she uh was she wanting you guys to come hang out at the bridge that day hike mm -hmm. but i had other plans yeah so you, with you, my dad you weren't able yeah he, there was a like a big farm sale so that was something that was unusual and it's mm -hmm. so you ended up going with my dad yeah So for those that think that uh, potentially she was supposed to meet up with one of the assailants out there, she also invited this young man to the bridge that day um, to hang out at the trail as well. So it wasn't just Abby. There was this young man as well who was supposed to be there, according to, to this video. with your dad and then um um i know it was really hard for you i know you went through a lot of hard times and um you, you know you've come through this and you've had a lot of love and support from people um so now here we are we're at, at the delphi united methodist church we've got an arrest with this guy um what what was what were all your friends thinking were they kind of thinking that this was well everybody i've talked to thought this was just out of the blue weird i mean but it does make sense more that I actually read into it, look at it. Well, so what were you guys thinking? Like after, 
after the girls were murdered, what was what were your thoughts like about who did this? What was kind of the consensus among your um, your friends? Really, I don't think there was fingers pointed at that time. Or, or even a thought about why. Did, I mean, did anybody, anybody, nobody, nobody could know why to figure out why. Did you did you think? So, you know, they 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 had no clue of what was going on. If they made contact with the Anthony shots, you know, um, account or they were in communication, uh, they had no idea that that person wasn't real. Um, and they had no idea that, uh, even after the murders and stuff that that person could be responsible for the murders. And so, uh, it just got all the, uh, the kids were young, naive, so caught them all a little bit off guard, in my opinion. I think this was like at the time random, or do you think? Oh, it was very random. Yeah. You, and so you didn't think it was like targeted or anything, or there was anything going on. Um, and uh, so there were some people that uh, you knew were um, talking to that Libby was talking to. Did, did Libby tell you about some of these guys or a guy? Only a specific nineteen-year-old, not anybody specific. Yeah, and, and that was on Snapchat, right? Mm -hmm. It was. And so I remember back in 2017, and I went on a one a, a YouTube channel. And I was talking about it. Um, that's when we met for the documentary, right? With the Mike Grasso and Robin Uni and um, Lifetime. Yeah, yep. Lifetime. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. And you know, it was completed, but there was a, some yeah. legalities where. So it's still sitting there, and it, it still may surface at some point in time, but. Um, when uh, Libby, when you got home, I said, hey, Max, tell me when you, uh, what was the date that Libby first told you about this person? And uh, you, you were able to pull it up. I was I able to pull it up, but I don't. I, know, I remember. I don't December remember. 26, yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah. So he was aware that Libby was talking to a 19 year old or somebody that she thought was 19 year old on Snapchat from December 26 to February. So this, this person was grooming Libby for two months. That's, that's telling, you know, and she, she didn't make it a secret. She told people about it. She told this young man about it. Um, months before it, it turned into the crime scene that it did. That's sad. And he, she had said, hey, Max, Max, you know, I, I'm, this guy wants to meet me. Should I meet him? And then you told her. No. <laughs> because you're like, how do you know who this is? Right? And. Uh, you know, and so this it is looking like it's ending up being, and indeed, some kind of a cat. You think that maybe, you know, the C yeah. Sam? Yeah. Um, I could. Yeah. Because, could. you know, he's posing as someone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he posed as Anthony Shots talking to Libby. But then this guy comes along, and we're finding two. So are your thoughts that we all be interconnected? In a way, and again, I don't really know. No. 
This was a live that they were doing that internet was going out, but you can tell that the guys, he looks a little bit uncomfortable. And this is probably one of the reasons why they want to keep the probable cause affidavit redacted. They don't want uh, people approaching these young men and women that are, well, now young men, uh, young adults and, and, you know, pressuring them or asking them questions that could potentially uh, jeopardize the case. But Libby had gone to him early in 20 or late in 2016, two months prior to the murders and basically told him about, about this guy and Anthony shots that he was trying to facilitate a meetup that he was trying to meet her. I mean, these are some breadcrumbs that are leading in a direction of one way or another. And so, you know, when I go back and talk and ask you guys, you know, in Idaho, they're giving out a lot more information than they are here. Maybe perhaps here it could be because they know that the other person involved is potentially behind bars. But what do y'all think about that? We'll start off asking you, Jaime. What do you think about that option? And don't forget you're muted. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I think that obviously they're going to know a lot more up there, you know, what actually happened. Um, but I think we're just getting the, the, we're getting vague accounts of it, but like, even on this video itself, like, I don't know, man, like, to be honest, it kind of feels like he doesn't want to talk about it, but yet whoever is interviewing him, is kind of like forcing, like feeding him the info too. Yeah. She's... Well, so I kind of, I, I would like to hear it from his like no from his account like i'm getting it from her kind of in the way but i mean it could be also because he's not really comfortable he like he looks real uncomfortable yeah exactly he looks real uncomfortable and like i said this is probably a one of those situations where um this is why they don't want it to be redacted they don't want to you know force or potentially have some folks approach these witnesses and and it could jeopardize the case. It could jeopardize the whole nine yards. But, you know, the key parts about this, though, is that when they were initially talking about this case and going through it, this young man was aware that Libby was talking to a what she thought was a 19-year-old boy who was uh, trying to facilitate a meetup. And, you know, if, if when you look at the prosecutors and what they were saying is referencing to the um, probable cause affidavit and, and having some of the victim or the, some of the witnesses being, you know, now adults, but at the time minors and, and whatnot, um, those witnesses would have to be witnesses that there wasn't any witnesses that were there at the scene at the time of the crime. So these would have to be people that had firsthand knowledge of what Libby was doing, um, her actions. And um, if there was any intent to meet up, and if they're using that meetup as a possible um, method or, or in the probable cause affidavit and then attributing that to um, Richard Allen, then I think you can kind of connect the dots that the, uh, the police are thinking that Richard Allen is the uh, second person on the Anthony Schatz account and that the other people that are involved, that they're still trying to... Um, 
you know, get, or so to speak, other potential uh, perpetrators in this crime could be those that facilitated the, um, the meetup, those that facilitated the, the, the time in the area to, for them to go in there and, and, and do this heinous crime. Um, but we got about a minute left. We'll, we'll, we'll finish it off real quick. It's hard to tell. I mean, we are finding. That's what I asked you last night. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we're finding out. We've got it. Um, I'm going to turn this camera. There's a lot of. So we're going to get ready to go and get a seat here shortly. They're not letting people come in until what? I think 915. But um, we're going to keep praying. Um, I think this might be like the first step in, you know, this whole process. But I think it's a it's a. As Doug, Car yeah, Doug Carter told me, uh, it's sure a step in the right direction. So that tells me that there's um, probably a lot more to come. And as talking, he's in the White County Jail and um, not willing to cooperate. But uh, we'll get him and just keep saying prayers, everybody. Keep praying. And uh, justice for Libby and Abby. We've hung in here so, so far and we're going all the way. So thanks. So that's the end of that. You know, she's just saying her goodbyes and whatnot. But yeah, this guy apparently um, <clears throat> is is a, is a witness of some kind. Was aware of Libby talking to somebody uh, that was potentially one of the suspects in this murder. Um, do you guys think that maybe there's something else we're not connecting? See, the other thing that I could think of that could be connecting is potentially that. Uh, there's more to this case, not just the murders. Maybe there's some type of trafficking, maybe some type of um, mm -hmm. um, pictures and 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 things of that nature that are circulating that they're trying to grab other people that were involved in, in that aspect of the crime, maybe not so much the murders. And so I think this could be one of those situations where it's bigger than we know. Uh, but when it comes to the murders itself, I think it's pretty clear that they're pointing in the direction of of the Kleins and of uh, Richard Allen. What do you think, Big Blue, about this interview? Uh, I think it's good information, man. It lets you know that um, it wasn't like a... It could be random, but it could have been a different circumstance if he would have gone, you know what I mean? Uh, no, for sure. Now, they, they look like they were at some kind of court proceedings uh, gonna go talk and give their their um, some kind of uh, testimony or whatnot, and so this was taken three weeks ago in Delphi. Um, kind of hard or not hard, but it's um, there's not that much context in it, so um, you know it is what it is. So what we're gonna do, guys, also is I'm gonna put the. Uh, the link in the uh, live chat, if anybody wants to come on and talk about this case or ask questions about it, you're more than welcome to. Um, let me put it in here. Hell yeah, that'll be fun. Yes, it would. And it is pinned in the comment section. Now you will have to have a camera. We wanna see you know, who you are. Now you can turn your camera off before you come on the show, but we need to see you before we pull you in. What's it called? Um 
Yeah, man, I think there's more to this case than just the murder itself. I think it's a whole operation going down on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why they're trying to keep everything on the down low, you know, so they can get as much as info, evidence um, that they can, so they, that way nobody, you know, nobody becomes a flight risk, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense. And, you know, how long do you think that um, – it's that it'll it'll be before we find out about the uh, the probable cause affidavit. You know the Thanksgiving break is coming up. You think it's going to happen tomorrow before before everybody goes home for the holidays? I highly doubt it, man. Uh, I think it's going to probably be until like two weeks from now, between ten to fifteen days. Yeah, I'm leaning that way too. Now hit that like and subscribe button, y'all, because. Once it does come out, we're going to be going over it and going through it one line at a time. And, you know, Doug Carter came out in a couple of interviews. He said that once it does come out, that it's going to shine some light. Damn, Blue. It's going to, it's going to shine some light on the, um, on the case and answer some questions. Um, and so I'm, 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 ex I'm anxious to see what those questions are because, I mean, when you look at the reaction from, the lawyers, it doesn't seem like they're too concerned with this case. You know, when I'm talking about Richard Allen's lawyers, um, man, it's, you, you know, one thing that stuck out is they said you had five years to put your evidence for this case. And this is the best you come up with is basically what they were saying, paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, I find that to be concerning. I find that to be concerning. You look at the, um, there was supposedly a um, lawsuit that was brought up uh, uh, because of this investigation or also due to this investigation not going anywhere. You see those two things and you think to yourself that maybe perhaps um, maybe they needed somebody to point the finger at. Um, I don't know, man. I think, I think, um, the prosecutors are pretty much playing poker, you know what I mean? They're not going to show their hand. No. no. So I think that's the deal right now. And I think the Richard Adams uh, lawyers, uh, I mean, no matter what the case is, they have to believe their, their client is innocent or at least, you know, make, make it uh, doubtful. You know what I mean? That all these um, evidence that the prosecutor has, it's all circumstantial. True, true. Now, Lynn GMB says, Anthony Schott's fake profile picture of the model didn't look only 19, right? I agree that the um, the model that was used in the Anthony Schott's profile looked a little bit older than that. But you have these young ladies who are super naive and gullible. Um, it's 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 understandable. Like every um, other 13 to 14-year-old right now. Yeah, and that's what makes them a huge target, you know. I think, I think, I think, even even us, you know, at that age, I was pretty naive and gullible at the time. You know, it just took time through my life that through all the the stuff that we all went through it makes it a little bit more, you know, what I mean, more alert to things. Right. Yeah. Back back then, all we had was Google Chat, right? Google no Messenger. Nah, not even man. We had we didn't have Google. We had Ask Jeeves. <laughs> I remember <What>? Ask Jeeves. <laughs> I remember all my buddies have Messenger. I didn't have a computer for a while when I was in Reno. 
Yeah. Not too computer savvy, so they didn't get one right away. But yeah. Yeah, but like I said, like I remember back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, man, I was real, I was real, I was dumb. You know what I mean? I was, I was a dumb kid, man. So it only took time, and then you know, learned lessons, you know, to make me where I'm at right now. Oh, for sure, for sure. I still believe the rock following me back. Got a blue check mark. Whoa, the block, the the block, the rock fathered you. That's pretty awesome. The block, that's like his cousin, his second cousin. <laughs> so, uh, Lynn GMB says the search warrant evidence may not be in a probable cause yet. Um, it should be like the probable cause affidavit for arrest tells you quite a bit of information as to why they're arresting him, uh, or a person. Uh, you have to have the evidence, you have to have the, um, everything that goes along with that. Now, the fact that the arrest came two weeks after the search leads me to believe that, um, there has to be something in there that led them to believe that this is the evidence that you need to arrest this person. Now, I would have assumed that it was forensic, you know, blood or something of that nature. However, you you look at the confidence of the uh, the the defense attorney, and they're saying that, and and they're trying to get it to come out. They're pushing for this uh, document to be put out to the public so that everybody can understand what it was that they arrested him for. And so, if it's and like Lynn says, I was thinking it was DNA. Uh, I was too. The thing that kind of sways me from that now is that DNA is pretty, like, cut and dry. Like, it's pretty, you know, either there's, it matches or it doesn't. And you would think if they, if they had DNA instead of, you know, the, the his lawyer saying bring it on, his lawyers would be like, let's cut a deal. Right, exactly. They would be trying to cut a deal or, or, um, um, you know, uh, not wanting it to be released to the public because if it's released to the public that there was something of the girls, whether it was blood, souvenir, whatever the case may be, in the house, then um, that's pretty concrete. Like, how can you explain that? You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's something in your house that was taken from the crime scene. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, I, I I really do believe that they found something there that, you know, what I mean that that they can't he can't deny. You know what I mean? That's why I really do think. Uh, Trina Baker says they have the right guy. There's a video of it and a recording of it by the girls as it was happening. Um, I now the police can lie. It's very possible, and they do do that quite a bit. But there was a. Um, I was watching an interview. I want to say it was of Doug Carter. Um, sometime back when they asked him about, is there a longer version of the clip that was put out? And he had said yes. And they asked if the assault or whatever, the, you know, the incident that occurred, if it was also recorded and they said no. And so given, you know, putting their word at face value, I would say that the, Actually, the actual assault itself is not recorded. 
they searched for 12 hours. That's exactly right. And they pulled out some things and they took out the truck or his vehicle. I'm sorry, not his truck. And so yeah. I'm know, still I'm I'm still interested in those 43 seconds though. I am too. I am too. I am too. Multipass because every crime, something is left and something is taken. It's true. That is 100 percent true. I also believe they are playing Klein and Allen against each other. That's also possible. You that's know, very possible. I think that's more than possible. I think that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely going to say, hey, you know, this person's diming you out. He's saying it's you, this, that, and a third. Um, we're going to put you in jail for this. Tell us what you know. Yep. Uh, and the fact that... You know, do, do, do they have the death penalty over there? They do have the death penalty. Yeah, that's probably do. that's probably what's going on, man. That's they're probably plea bargain or something. They're trying to make a deal so you won't get death. That's yeah. what it is. See, if it's cat hair, if it was cat hair, because this is a big, a big theory that's out there that the the fibers and hairs that were found on the at the scene were cat hairs. Um, do you think that? that would be enough to, I don't know if uh, we're not attorneys, but if you were an attorney and your client, you know, the only thing that they found on him was cat hair that put, puts it back to you. Would that make you feel a little bit more confident versus it being blood or a souvenir, things of that nature? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll bet I'll put my, I'll place my bets on DNA any day. Yeah. And, and and cats have their own set of DNA and their own DNA marker and things of that nature. Um, so it's not like like if they found cat hair from um, Richard Allen's cat, right? And they dug it up and they used, that's what they dug up in the yard. And they used the forensic test from the cat's hair outside onto, um, you know, with the, uh, uh, with the fibers that they found on them in the crime scene. You could match those up. Now, would that be enough to say he was there? Like, is there a reasonable explanation that cat hair would be on these girls and he not be involved in the murder? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was a a close-knit community. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's hard to tell, man. I mean, if, let's say... You find pet hair on the body plus another fiber, right? They can test those and then they can figure out and get some samples from his home, from Richard Allen's home. And then they they match that fiber and the pet hair. That's a different story. You know what I mean? But if you if you just match the pet hair, I mean, there's a possibility. But just like it's just there's, there's always going to be a possibility, right? But like... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put all my money on that. Just that, like, if they actually had another fiber that's not from just a cat, you know what I mean? Now, there's this one. Maybe it was testing on on a, a cigarette butt. There was one inside at the crime scene. Now, I looked up the recordings for it. They found that cigarette butt in the water. They said it was less than a couple of days old. If it was Richard Allen, Richard Allen only has to do is say. Yeah, I was smoking a cigarette on the bridge and flicked it in the water. And it just so happened to float downriver to where their bodies were. 
I mean, there's there's an explanation. He put himself there. So it's not like it'd be one thing if he said he wasn't there. Like if he said, no, nah, I hadn't been there. I hadn't been there for for a week. And then they find a cigarette butt that they can trace back. That's only maybe a couple of hours old, a day old, comes back with his DNA. Then you can say, all right, this is some evidence to say that this guy's lying. This would be, um, you know, he was there. He was there around the time that these murders happened. Uh, then you can kind of believe that he's being deceptive for a reason. But if he goes and says, yeah, I was there and I smoked a cigarette and flicked it into the water, then that would not be enough evidence. Not at all. Let's see. Um, what if a crazy theory is the, uh, that Richard Allen's wife sticks by him because she was his accomplice? What do you think hmm. of that? Uh, I mean... It's, it sounds a little far-fetched, but I mean, you can't rule it out. Um, something about animal, an animal was included in this investigation. There was, well, there, there was unknown fibers and hairs at the scene is what it said on the Ronald Logan search warrant. Yeah. And when we're looking at some of these pictures though, of um, Ronald Logan's property, we came across one where it was the next day and Ronald Logan's out there and there's a cat out in the middle of the, uh, in the field there. And so, um, it's not impossible to say there was cats out there, but the DNA would come back different. The cat here wouldn't be enough to convict, but enough to enough for a component for the probable cause affidavit. I agree 100%. But there was a, there was cat out there in the woods. Remember we saw that video of the cat standing mm -hmm. by the guy. And I did not see a leash on that cat, so it wasn't his cat. So Lynn says, did you see the blue book notebook Richard had in the car? His wife took notebooks were taken from his house. That would be interesting. Uh, this is far fetched, but Klein was into pictures. There may be costume like material covering identity. This is only found in pictures or a Macy's bag. Because why a shoebox and a Macy's bag? Mm. Well, I mean, the Macy's shoebox definitely does sound like like there's some kind of trophies in there. You know what I'm saying? There's some type of souvenirs. Uh, so does the bag. It sounds, I mean, that's what it sounds like. But it's all speculation. Let's see. They took Keegan's dog too. I mean, there, 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 there could be something there. The only thing about that also is like, I think the girls stayed the night at a slumber party the night before or something like that. And there was a cat and animals at the house that they were at. Um, but that could be easily ruled out by getting hairs and samples of those animals to see if they were uh, involved. The defense attorney Ballard is smooth. He's going to make it hard to prosecute. So do you think that by the prosecution wanting to keep this case sealed and the defense wanting to have it open, does that lead you to believe that it's weaker than anticipated? What do you think, Blue? I think uh, the defense probably wants to keep it 
under wraps as long as they can so they can build a strong enough case. It could be a little weak. And then, the, you know, the defense, you know, his attorneys are probably, like, open it up. Well, how, how strong it is to see if it holds up in court. But. Well, the thing is, the reason why um, a defense attorney would want to keep it private, right? You want... You want less information out there about the case. That way it doesn't influence the potential jurors out there. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And so you don't want that happening. The fact that these guys want it out there. They, they want to they put a, a shadow of doubt out there already. Yeah, they want to create the shadow of doubt. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. And um, it might not be as... Um, not as strong as they make it seem, the prosecution, but um, the defense attorney is going to take advantage of that. You know what I mean? He's going to want those documents out so that way, you, like you said, um, it doesn't sway the jury just to convict. Right. And have a, a, you know, a shadow of a doubt out there. And as long as you have a doubt out there, they can't convict. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so I just, like I said, like, because usually, typically, the probable cause affidavit, things of that nature, are very one-sided. Like, there's not stuff in there that says, um, you know, a, this is a defense to prosecution. You know, there was this, there was that. No, it's just what the evidence is against the against the uh, the uh, the perpetrator. Now, you would think that no matter what was in there, would probably make the perp look bad. But these people want it out, so it's it's crazy. Now, could it be a tactic that they want it? They're they're saying they want it released, knowing that they don't, just to kind of give that illusion. Um, I think they want it to be released. They actually do want it to to um, to be released because they probably have alibis for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that that he's innocent. I'm just saying that they have. Um, some sort of evidence to not put them there. Right. But maybe, like I said, like the prosecutor, I don't think he's going to show his cards at this time. You know, like, like, like a poker, you know what I mean? You don't show your hand. I think, I think it's, it, I think it might be a lot more than just the murders. I think it's just the whole ring of this child pornography ring. You know what I mean? Trying to get as many people as they can. Right. Not 100%. And we'll go through a couple of these. Um, they want as much info as they can get to, so they can make this a, make a big mess. That's true. We think circumstantially, circumstantial. They know so much more. So, and they try to hide evidence so the defense is off guard uh, to a certain extent. But before even the trial starts, and you have to have enough time to. Uh, explore the evidence. There's what's called discovery, and all of the evidence that the the, the state has against Richard Allen will have to be turned over. Yeah. So, so that there isn't anything off guard. That includes witnesses and things of that nature. Any statements. Everything has to be turned over to the defense, and they have to have an ample amount of opportunity and time to create a defense against the evidence that the state has created. And so, uh, it's just a matter of time before it's released. But. Um, what, what about uh, like a surprise witness? They they can't do that. They there's no surprises. They would have to 
inform the defense, inform the defense of the evidence that they had, and allow the defense to create a defense against that evidence so that they can properly defend themselves. And so um, we have Dave saying, if a murder admits guilt to the defense attorney, can the defense attorney still claim to the court that their client is innocent? That's a good question. I'm not, I think that they can't know, but I could be wrong. Um, there was a, uh, you don't know, I don't know if you remember, uh, Sturd, uh, what's his name, uh, Christopher Watts. He pleaded guilty, but never confessed to the murders. Yeah. Until, until he got sentenced. Then he started, he confessed to the murders of his wife, his unburdened child, and his two daughters. So you can, and you know, plead. I mean, uh, plead guilty and not come. You know, what I mean, like not, not confess. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we saw uh, Sterling coming in. He kind of disappeared off. If you uh, want to jump back on, let us know. Just give us the thumbs up once you're in. We'll we'll, we'll give you a holler. Uh, Multipasses. They have a state right to a speedy and open info trial. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And victims to come forward. A witness saw the suspect, and Richard said he was there on the bridge that day. Yeah, but that's not enough to do a search. That's not enough to get a search warrant. Um, that's not enough for a lot of things. Now, what could have happened, quite possible, is that they took the. Um, they took the information that they had. He was on the bridge. He was he put himself on the scene. They then go to his house and ask him to search his residence. And he, he gives permission to allow them to search. And then during the commission of the search, they found something and then thus needed to go get another warrant for it. You know, those things are possible as well. Um, Sterling, you're good to go. Just give us the thumbs up once you're ready. We can see you in the, uh, the back room. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to be bringing on a guest, Sterling. How's it going, buddy? How you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Oh, my audio's good? Yes, sir. You sound good. You sound good. We hear you loud and clear. So, Well, yeah. Um, I don't know anything about this channel, but I just searched Delphi. I know, I know a little bit about a case, and I was hoping we could just chat about that or I could listen Yes, sir. That'll be great. So how long have you been following the case? You know, I've often tried to think back on exactly when, um, and I can't quite place it, but I, I think it wasn't from the beginning, but I think it was right around the time where they released that second sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in about so maybe like a good three, three, four years. Yeah, that's also about right. I think it was 2019, but they released that sketch, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2019. So how surprised were you with the arrest of Richard Allen? Did you see that coming? Or what do you think about his arrest? Yeah, I'm so sorry to do this, but it's, uh, ever since I've joined, it's really choppy. I'm going to restart my device and come back. I'm so sorry. I hope you'll have me back. Thank okay, you. we'll do that. All right. That's unfortunate. Uh, let us know in the live chat if you can hear us okay. I think I think it may have been just him. He was coming in a little bit late. Uh, yeah. Um, earlier when when you were playing that video, like, and 
I thought it was my Wi-Fi, man. I made all my kids get off of Wi-Fi. But it was actually just the video you were playing. Yeah, yeah. it's just the video I was playing. The video, <laughs> it was a live. And during the recording of that live video, it was uh, in and out, in and out. So uh, let's go back to some of these comments. Um, um, so back to this. That's one way that you can get a search without having to get a warrant is um, asking, plain and simple. Hey, can we search your house? And if he said yes, go ahead, and they found something, then at that point they would be um, um, having to get a search warrant in the whole nine yards. Uh, but that that's it's better to get things in writing, but he, there's nothing wrong with somebody saying you can search my house. What is up, Claude? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in a couple of days. It's one of our favorite days here on the Drunk Turkey Show. Yeah. Let's see. The whole day they searched and with a warrant and then the affidavit for truck. I agree. I agree. They were out there for about 12 hours. What was it that the first judge said that recruited himself? Wasn't it something about evidence not in the PC yet? Can't remember the wording. Are you guys familiar with that? Um, I, I, let me read it real quick. It says, what was it that the first judge said that recused himself? Wasn't it something about the evidence not in the PC yet? No, I, I think he recused himself because of the the court was too small, right? They wanted to move it somewhere else. <coughs> he well, he said that he said that the court was small because it consisted of him, a bailiff, and one other person, and, and that they weren't prepared for the size of uh, of uh, uh, of a case to that magnitude. And then apparently, I think people were putting out his personal information on YouTube and social media. And so he, he got scared for his life and safety and, and recused himself. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, I mean, Go ahead. I, I mean, you live in a small town. Everybody's going to know where the judge lives. Everybody's going to exactly. know where the sheriff lives because you don't want to be driving drunk or do something stupid in that neighborhood because you, you, you'll get some consequences. Trina said they searched his house, I think, because the neighbor said he stole something from him. Yeah. I mean, you would have to get permission or warrant to to search something, and you would have to have more than just somebody's word about the stolen item. Uh, like, for instance, in my opinion, let's just say somebody reported something stolen, go knock on his door. Hey, we got a report of a stolen object. Do you mind if we search your shed or your house? And then during that process of the search, that's when it turned into, um, you know, they found something that they needed a warrant. Tristan, Tristan Garza says, if Richard is not the murderer, who is the next suspect in line? We'll start off with you, Big Blue. What do you think? Um from what I'm getting at, there's nobody else that you can put at the scene that they've that they've released. You know, Logan's dead already. Everybody ruled him out. 
Uh, Klein is, doesn't look like it. Maybe Klein's dad. It's mm -hmm. an old guy in the, in the video. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that, man. I think the next the next suspect in nine is going to be the, the clients. Maybe not, not, so. not Keegan, but, you know, maybe his dad, because he, it was mentioned in his in his interview, right? In his interrogation with the police back in, what is it, 17? Yeah. I believe it was 17. And 19. He, 19. 19. 19. I'm sorry. What's it called? Uh, and it was mentioned that he, he mentioned his dad that he like retracted, he redacted, you know, he went back and changed the story about it. Sort of. I mean, he, he said that his dad, you know, they would do like they wanted to go to hookers and to go to meet hookers in, in Vegas and things like that. Um, he he refused or, or denied the fact that the father had anything to do with the Anthony Schatz profile, things of that nature. He said that his friend and other people may have had um, access to his phone, but it, he was pretty adamant that his dad, you know, he was, he had an interview where he also said that his dad, had his dad found out what he was doing, probably would have, you know, kicked his ass. And so um, not saying what he's saying is honest or being truthful, but, um, you know, he was going down that line that it wasn't his dad that was being involved in it. But I could definitely see that if it's not Richard Allen, if they went completely the wrong way, it's definitely the Kleins. I mean, you have, when you look at the probable cause affidavit, and I know that right here, this one says the defense attorney acted like he'd only heard of Keegan Klein. No real, real details to me that implies Keegan Klein is not mentioned in the PCA. Um, if, if Anthony Schatz is, or that Anthony Schatz profile is, which if they're bringing up witnesses in the probable cause affidavit that were children that were aware of the communication between Libby and Anthony Schatz, then there has to be some mention of Keegan Klein in there. What do you think about that? We'll start off with you, Book. Yeah, I mean, they did mention other suspects, you know, and they did mention other minors that they're trying to protect. Uh, Klein is one of the guys that would pop up in my mind right away. Mm -hmm. He's got what? Uh, oh, I mean, I know they reduced some of those cases, but he has over 20, 20 cases against them of you know child right. pornography, so or soliciting a minor. So it's he's one of the backup suspects that I would think that hey, maybe he was involved. Yeah, yeah. Right. At one point, I think he had up to like thirty-five charges against him, and slowly they started taking them one by one. Down, I think it's down to like 20 something, 24, 25. 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he started with 30 and now it's 25, I think is what I heard. Something like right. that, yeah. Yeah, he, here recently they had 30 official ones on him and then it dropped down five. Uh, now, the the answer that the prosecution or the state give as to why they dropped it off at this portion of the case is a little bit confusing to me. Um, you want to use as many as many of those cases as you can to apply pressure to get maybe potentially a plea deal. You know, you start off with as many as you possibly can. The guy says, nah, you know, I'll take 15 of those charges and just plead guilty to a lesser, you know, time sentence. And so uh, to do that now um, before anything, it's that doesn't make sense. That don't jive with me. But you, you see the fact that they, they talk to him the court docs say that he's in negotiations. Um, they move his court back, I believe, 
charges start getting dropped, Richard Allen's house gets searched, there's a little bit of breadcrumbs right there that will lead you to believe that there, there's somewhat of a connection there. Um, welcome back, Sterling. Um, we were just talking to you earlier before you were having some issues with the, uh, the connection there. Uh, you said you've been following this case since the second sketch. Do you think that um, the, the clients are involved in this, in this case? Man, um, no, no. And to be honest, I think when I, I think when I left, um, you had asked me, was I surprised about Richard Allen's arrest, if I'm not mistaken? And, um, right. yes, yes, I was. And who wasn't like, he wasn't on anybody's radar. And so when I heard about that, like the fact that he, he was arrested out of nowhere. Yeah. And, um, the fact that. Well, I just assumed that they had a rock solid, that they found the guy, like they had him nailed to the wall, you know? And I heard that he was, he worked at a CVS and he, he made uh, Libby's, developed Libby's pictures and then gave them to her for free. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can't make that up. Like, that's the guy, you know, that's so creepy. Um, But, but now my mind is blown once again in this case this is the most fascinating true crime case certainly one that's going on right now to me it's so fascinating and of course that this this would also be fascinating the fact that now uh they haven't released what that what do they call it the probable cause right. which is yeah. is to my knowledge is is unprecedented in a way yeah right yeah this is something that is typically put out there uh, the sealing of the probable cause is typically not something that is asked by the prosecution. That's usually asked by the defense just to kind of keep a bias down. So it is kind of unprecedented that you have the prosecution sealing it and that you have the defense asking for it to be put out there in the public. That That is weird. See, to, to me, me, to me, Klein has to be involved because he's the one that created that account account that was soliciting them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, client has to be a middleman. I think he's created these accounts, um, sold the phones or the accounts by itself, and people are, you know, trying to uh, contact um, children, you know, trying to meet up, you know, because there's sick people out there. So I'm pretty sure this is happening everywhere. So Sterling, you, you don't think he's involved. Um, how do you think that uh, so do you not think that the Anthony Schatz account was attributed to the murders and that was just something by coincidence? From, from what I've seen, so from, from what I, you know, I don't know what to believe, honestly. And I don't believe law enforcement. I don't take what they say, um, <laughs> you know, I take it with a grain of salt because they're able to lie. And and sometimes I think there's, I, I, you know what, I'm not so sure that they aren't so desperate and they think that they got their man and they think that they're on it, that they would lie and make up stuff and put it out there. And just to draw Tony Klein, you know, if they really wanted, thought it might've been Tony, like to draw him in, make him make a mistake because they got him wiretapped, make him say something, you know what right. I mean? So so I do think that probably the Kleins uh, created that account. I think they did speak to Libby um, now, but that's as far as I'm convinced. Yeah, because I mean, I put it out there, you know, um, there is a there is a world where uh, you have you have the clients who or, or at least Keegan Klein, who's who's a who's targeting a certain age group in a certain area. 
the the fact that the population is so small, you would uh, you would believe that that he was contacting probably a lot of the girls in the area that were the same age. And there's an opportunity that something could happen to them and them not be involved in this second crime and be a victim to two different crimes. Uh, that that is definitely possible. Um, See I think. I, go ahead, Blue. One, one theory that I have, it could be him, is because any like real person that thinks crimes out like that, you don't do that stuff in your own backyard, huh? unless you have bad intentions of meeting up with people and doing something bad. If you don't want to get caught, you do it from far away. Yeah, but I mean, there's also the situation where, so <clears throat> Libby invited um, Abby on this this trail. I think she was trying to get a bunch of friends out there. Um, she invited this other guy that we were speaking about that we showed the interview on. He was a witness to, I believe his name was Matt. He was a witness. He was supposed to have gone out there on the, the high bridge, but he ended up going with his dad instead to a farm market. And um, you look at those type of things, perhaps he invited or she invited Anthony Schatz or who she thought Anthony Schatz was. Uh, what's his name? Uh, BG or bridge guy or Richard Allen, if it is the same guy, watching him from a distance notices that only two arrive and then goes and tries to take advantage of that situation. Um, I just find it odd that you have these youngsters in the probable cause affidavit and it not be attributed to social media. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that if you're going to put those young people as witnesses in the probable cause affidavit, that would mean that they would have had some kind of communication or, or knowledge of the crime and um, the, or knowledge of the or communication or in contact with the, uh, the killer or the suspect. And when you look at the fact that this guy was saying, Matt, that Libby was in contact with um, Anthony Schatz from December 26 until um, February. And throughout that time, he was asking her to meet up with him for over a month and a half time frame. That leads you to believe that uh, potentially that there is something there as far as Keegan Klein goes. Uh, but... It's crazy. What about Ronald Logan? Did you ever think that, Sterling, did you think that Ronald Logan was involved at any point? No, I didn't. No, I never really did. I never really did. They leaned on him so hard. And um, he, you know, he, I mean, yeah, he wasn't, he didn't tell the truth. And I know a lot of people suspected him for that reason. But yeah. I feel like the reasons he was untruthful were, were self-evident and self-explanatory. Like, he wasn't supposed to be driving. He wasn't supposed to be drinking. You know what I mean? But So the, the short answer is no. Um, I don't think you would stage, um, you know, the, the scene, the way that they say it's so weird and staged and set up in your own backyard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, it never had, no, I never bought it. Yeah, I, I, we, we've struggled with that theory as well. I understand why you look at him based on the lies, the alibi lie, the whole nine yards. Uh, but once you factor in the fact that the guy spent 18 months in prison because he violated his probation, uh, during or, or as a result of this investigation, then that, that's that's enough reason right there for him to lie about his alibi. And and you realize that, yeah, he, he really, in my opinion, wasn't involved. Uh, there are some folks that think that he was the bridge guy. I thought that that was ludicrous because, in my opinion, if he was the bridge guy, he had to be a, a, lone, a lone wolf. There couldn't be anybody else involved because 
in what world do you send the 77-year-old to go abduct the girls when you have younger options out there that are potentially helping you? You know, that's a good question. And so I don't know, I, I've been, I, I'm not fully caught up in the last 24 hours, especially like what yeah. happened today. So I don't know much about the probable cause affidavit. Yeah. But from what I've heard, I've heard that it's flimsy. That's what the lawyer said, right? Which that's what the lawyer's supposed to say, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Um, but there was something about that, that attorney that was very compelling to me when he said, hey, look, and I believe, I, for some reason, I believe him, and shame on me for believing the lawyer, perhaps. But when he said, I've seen many probable cause affidavits, I've worked many murder trials, and I'm telling you, this one, I'm not impressed with. That just made, almost made my heart sink and my mind blown. And I was like, because I just thought that they must have a rock solid case on this man, you know, because he came out of nowhere. But hey. No, I agree 100%, 100%. Lynn, Lynn says, Max just said the girls were meeting him. Uh, what Max said, and I, I may have called him Matt, what Max said was uh, they asked him if they should meet him and he told them no. And so, um, but it's evident that from what he had said was that he was trying to facilitate a meetup at some point. And that, that was pretty obvious. I'm sorry, take, take, I'm sorry, uh, take me through this again. This is the one that you said was supposed to go, but then he ended up going with his dad somewhere else. Was he, was he Abby's boyfriend or who's, I never heard. No, he was, uh, he was a friend and this was a, um, we put it up a little bit earlier. It was an interview about three weeks ago. And uh, this was a guy who um, was aware of the Anthony Schatz. Uh, he's a witness. He was aware of the Anthony Schatz profile. He stated that he was friends with Libby and that Libby was asking um him and, and potentially others to go to the bridge that day that she went um she was trying to facilitate that meetup with uh not just i don't think it was just supposed to be her and anthony shots i think she was trying to coordinate a big group to be out there at least this guy named max and and abby with her and max ended up going to a farm market or something like that instead with his father and didn't go to the uh the bridge that day and he is relevant because apparently he was uh he had knowledge of anthony shots uh maybe not the profile but he had knowledge based on that interview that libby had told him that she was communicating with somebody she thought was 19 years old via snapchat and that he had been asking her to meet up and she had asked him you know should i meet up with him and that max stated that uh no not to do it that she doesn't know who he is or who he could be and ended up, you know, turning out to be pretty sad. So it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Uh, it, you know, there's some problems there for me. Um, you know, was he also asking other girls to just to meet up, or was it just Libby? And also, no, there was there was other girls. Okay, so so Anthony Shots was asking other people to meet up. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, he was asking girls if they would have sex with his 45-year-old father. Well, I'm, I'm not sure he named an age, but I do remember when he was asking, like, about his father. And well, well, I rephrase that. She's, he said, would you have sex with my father? Uh, he's about 42, 40. Then he goes, he's 43, but told me to say 42. Something to that nature. Oh, it was in, Yeah, it was in the, uh, uh, the interrogation pages between the police department and Keegan Klein in 2019. And go ahead. I got a problem with that too. 
And I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be adversarial or you know, uh, but, <laughs> no, but you know, I, we like I, to hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> go for it. We like to hear everybody's. Yeah. And maybe it's a hot take, but I'm not trolling. Like straight up, um, you talking about the murder sheet, leak, the leak transcripts, right? Right. Not, not released by the police or law enforcement. Correct. Not, not verified by the police or law enforcement as being accurate. Uh, they haven't verified that it was accurate. However, when that transcript, well, no, it was the, it was a search warrant that came out. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't the, when the search warrant came out, that's when, um, uh, Doug Carter had said something about, uh, we go on what we know, not what we think and a bunch of other things. But yeah, I don't think there was, there, there's a possibility. So you're alluding that you think it's, it's not accurate. I am. And, um, I am, and I'm not sure it's accurate. I don't believe it, and uh, I don't buy it. And I think that there is motivation for the police to release certain information that isn't true. And I think that there's no accident. It just acts. And by the way, how did that? How did those transcripts get released? Because it's, from what I understand, the story has changed a couple of times, and all of a sudden it was accidentally posted on a website. But what I understand is that if you accidentally posted that, they could track it back to exactly who posted it. And that never came to light. No one ever got in trouble for that. I think it was posted purposely, if it was. Now, the the thing is, there was a an interview with Keegan Klein where he was talking with reporters shortly after that interrogation. And he admitted on that interview that the police were suspecting his father. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of puts a little bit of credence to what's in there as far as, all right, he comes out afterwards saying that they think it's my dad. And you know, you look at it and, and in that transcript, it seems like they're pretty hard pointing at that there's two people that have control of the Anthony Schatz account and that potentially one of them could, could be his father, you know? Yeah, but, I won't deny that it seems like they like, they like Tony for it. I won't deny that. But I think that, that in, in just the opposite, I think that that provides motivation for them to come up with some fake transcripts and leak it, but they don't have to leak it. So they don't ever have to own it or get in trouble for it. And they pass it to the press and let them publish it for their own intents and purposes. Um, maybe, I mean, it's, it's possible. They, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't deny that they've leaked out fake information, but to leak out, uh, something like that, that's, that's, that's intense. Uh, yep. that's a lot of information to be putting out there and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, no, I think they were, they were aiming at, at Tony Klein. I think if you look at the sketch in 2019, it looks more like Tony Klein than it does anybody else. You look at the first sketch that they put out, there was an older guy. They don't look alike. And in my opinion, it's because they didn't have a really good view of who the bridge guy was or who, who the person was that was in the video. And they were probably just drawing who they, who they thought the suspect was. In the beginning, it was Ronald Logan. So they put out a picture out there. That's a tactic used to jog the memory of witnesses to say, oh, I saw that guy there on this time. It was over here. And perhaps it was, oh, I saw that guy entering the trail and there's a camera or something there. And you can put a timestamp and things of that nature. And then when they changed the focus on to uh, the Kleins, in 2019, Doug Carter came out and said that they were going to be changing gears, changing focus, kind of talked to the killer and said, you wouldn't think that we would be changing our focus, but we are, blah, blah, blah. And I think that that change of focus was on the clients. You know, you look at the sketch, you look at what Tony Klein looks like. Another tactic saying to me that uh, they didn't know who it was. I mean, that's when the age came out, too, that the uh, the perpetrator was between the ages of 18 and 40. You know, had they knew, known that from the beginning, 
uh, Ronald Logan would have been cleared immediately because he was twice that age. And so uh, there, there's that's, there's some things that kind of are fishy about this case. We'll leave it at that. Somebody's asking how they get on. Um, the link's on the on the chat. You just have to click on the link and you'll be able to jump on the on the link. Yes, yes. We say it right on top of the chat. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna. If you guys see any comments in the comment section, let me know. I haven't been keeping up with. Uh, well, I've, I've been looking at the comments, man, and they're there's <laughs> and there's some some weird names on there, man. Like one's called his name is Mo. His last name is Lester. That's pretty badass. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. That's badass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make myself a count or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. When a dark. <laughs> that is kind of weird. Thank you for trolling us. Please hit the subscribe button. Um, I had a question for Sterling. I don't know if uh, I actually left real quick. I had to go. I had a bathroom break. You know, um, but um, I was going to ask him. Do you the Do you think the bridge guy and the way Richard Allen walks is the same? Do the, the their physique? Do I, Do I think the bridge guy matches the walk and physique of, of Richard Allen? Yes. We've seen very limited pictures of Richard Allen. I haven't seen his, a video of him really like until today walking in and he had all that stuff on him. Um, and is that what he looked like, you know, five years ago? I, I, that short answer is no. No, I think that he looked too, too fat. You know, he looked too big around the middle. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even not quite tall enough. And there's some discrepancy. Like at first they said he was like five four, and then I heard he was five eight. I'm not even exactly sure how tall the dude is. Yeah, I think they they mentioned it was like five five, I believe. Yeah, well, I don't know. But like we were talking about it last time, also like the way he was walking on the bridge. If, if you have to walk, <laughs> like the the video we showed uh, was it yesterday? Um, the bridge itself mm -hmm. is in really poor condition, so you really gotta, you know, step on. Make sure you're stepping on there right before, because most of the the wood is rotten and stuff. So um, that could have just been a coincidence the way he was walking on on the bridge, from how he walks in you know in real life. You know what I mean? I've seen several people like I got first on the the the, the case with when it was Anthony Greeno, uh, the YouTuber. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I was what that's how long ago I was like watching it, and I saw a video where he and there's other been other people since who've walked the bridge, and I've seen the conditions of it. And you're right, I'm not sure that you can really um, assess someone's gait properly, you know, from that video. And I've never seen a, I don't know, I've never seen videos of Richard Allen walking really that much, so to even compare it to, so yeah. Uh, but you know, what what is creepy is the photos I mentioned that. And then, uh, like, I've seen pictures of him at that, I get like, like at his workplace at the pharmacy, and he yeah. had like, a, a sketch of Bridge Guy, like, right behind him. Y'all see those pictures? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no yeah. way that's real. Like, that's crazy. And then, yeah, so, and then there was another picture posted of, it was like a snapshot of the Bridge Guy, and it was posted somewhere else, like at the uh, pharmacy drop-off section or whatever. Yeah. And so I was just like, and he was always talking about it, but all that. I, I talk about it a lot too. 
you yeah. know, and <laughs> when I had shorter hair, I just grew my hair out. I looked a little bit like the uh, second sketch, and I was like, maybe, maybe I should stop talking about this all the time. <laughs> Incriminate <laughs> yourself. I'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I, I re-put in the link, guys, the uh, or in, in the chat, the the uh, the Streamyard link. Let's see. This entire Delphi thing is gone. Be like the movie Millimeter mm. with Nicolas Cage and Joaquin Phoenix. This was supposed sponsored by some rich pedo in Vegas for snuff real quick, real slick stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I just, I just recently watched that movie. Maybe like two weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah, man. It's um, um, there's a lot of talk. Well, I mean, not a lot of talk. There's actually a lot of evidence of, you know, there's rings that do these. They pay off other guys to take videos of, of child abuse. You know what I mean? And they pay high dollar for that. Um, there's been cases uh, of, of one called. There's a. There's a I don't know if this is a movie or a clip. It's called uh, Daisy's Destruction. And it, it shows a lot of, uh, you know, child abuse and, and all the way to murder. And this is, this was happening. The guy, I think he was Australian, was selling copies of this for $10,000, $15,000 a copy until they busted him for, you know, they caught him. They saw the video. They caught him. They realized it was real. And he had he had help from other people bringing in girls to. Yeah. No, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll I'll get you the name of that that way. I don't just leave it at that. You know what I mean? I'll get you the name of the guy. Nice. We have a uh, lovely Sphinx in the uh, in the back room. Give us a thumbs up once you're ready to come on in. Awesome, awesome. So we're bringing in another guest. Back then, all we had that was Google Chat, right? No messenger. I can't nah. believe. Not even, man. We had, we didn't have Google. We had Ask Jeeves. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear. You. I think we hear the, uh, the 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 program in the background as well. Um, if you don't mind muting that. Yeah. There it is. Awesome. So, how you doing? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Great. To, great. Welcome to the show. Um, how how long have you been following the the case? So I've been following the case just started this year because I am in school right now and trying to graduate, but I am literally got um, got involved in this case because I have two teenage daughters and it just, you know, hit me to the core. And, um, and in general, I like true crime and um, just, it fascinating to me uh, the um, the forensics of it and how it's being solved and just the mystery of it and another reason I'm following true crime is because I cannot fathom somebody doing something like that to two kids and it just it's unfath unfathomable to me and. Um, just trying to understand understand the criminal mind and why would somebody do something like that? Um, it just breaks my heart. Um, however, I I am all for justice in this case, and I want the right people to be caught. And um, there's just several things that are very concerning to me in this case. 
um, for example, um, why the drones didn't pick up um, the heat. Like I'm in medical field and uh, your body temperature, even after you're murdered or passed away, your body temperature drops uh, by eight degree every hour. And so if the drones with F, um, infrared light went into the woods, which they were not that far from the bridge, like they no. were only a quarter of a mile from yeah. the bridge. So technically, if they were murdered on the 13th, the drones, that's one, there are several things that don't make sense to me. So this is one clue is why the drones did not pick up their body. Um, another clue that doesn't make sense. There's some of the things that family just cannot get their story together. No, okay, I'm not blaming family. I'm not blaming anyone. I don't know. And right. just a disclaimer, like nobody's guilty until proven by the court of law. However, there's few things that I have picked up that don't make sense to me. And and that's the the body's heat and then the book, um, I don't know if you read the book, but I, I read the book, <laughs> even though I have to study, but there's a, a book that was found in Libby's bedroom called Promise Not to Tell. And, um, and I read the book and in the book, two teenage girls murdered in the woods. I don't know if you know wow. much about the book, but I don't. That's so, the first yeah. time I, so I hear two about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've I I've put in so many hours into this case. And again, like I just want I just want the truth and I just want honesty and I don't want uh I mean if Richard Allen is innocent. I don't want the innocent guy going to prison and then a sick freak walking free. It's just not fair and it's not right. But mm -hmm. in this book, so basically if you watch, there was a reporter that went into Becky Patty's house and Becky Patty showed her um, Libby's bedroom and Becky Patty threw the book on purpose onto the ground to bring attention to the reporter like she wasn't like handing it to him but then right. the reporter paid attention to the book and the book is called promise not to tell about the two teenage girl murdered in the woods by an so i i don't know i don't know there is some kind of message that she's trying to say tell or again Again, I don't know. I'm not blaming anybody for anything. Um, I just know that certain things don't make sense. And then another clue that I have, um, if you look at Abby's last photo with her grandpa, she's wearing the same outfit as the photo on the bridge. Um, mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you know much about the uh, how YouTuber long, how called long, I. How long before the passing um, or the or the or they got missing was that photo taken? 
the day before. Followed. Yes. So I think the day before. I could be so, wrong, but I, I think that the kids were at a sleepover the day before, the night before. And so it's possible right. that they went to the sleepover without an extra pair of clothing. It could be possible or they could be murdered the night before the 13th or the, the 12th around midnight. Gotcha. Time. Because if your body temperature is like, if you count your 98.6, if you divide it by eight, it takes how many hours it takes for you to be cold where the drone would not pick up. So 98.6 divide by eight. So that's, that's 12 hours. I think there's two theories to that. It's a low, low budget kind of uh, police department. They're not going to have the high tech drones. Uh, it was actually somebody else's drone. I, I don't know anything about the drone. I just know that it was an infrared drone and it was picking the sand from the searchers. So it was king descent from like people a video of That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, so So there is another clue um I forgot. Okay. I don't know if you know the YouTuber name Eye of Apophis. Mm -hmm. um, he has a military, I would definitely rec recommend looking into his theory. Um, he has a military background, um, military intelligence background. And so somehow he uh, takes the picture on the bridge of Abby and the, uh, uh, the bridge guy and he breaks it down to like the most pixelated, like to like, like he just like tears it apart. Right. And yeah. So I saw what's I under saw the, the eye of, I think it's eye of apothesis. And, um, yes. he, he talks about the fanny pack and the, and the potential, um, the gun that he was holding, the type of hat that he was wearing was potentially some type of military hat, things of that type of nature. Um, I think it's well, all quite. Well, I don't possible. know if, huh? I I don't Go know ahead. if you watch like all his videos because I was like trying to dive into like what what he's saying, and uh, basically there is a photo of the bridge with a guy carrying baby. It's it's just somewhere in the journal in the newspaper, and mm -hmm. so when he like breaks when he breaks down the bridge guy it comes down to that guy with the bait but somebody just you know how you can fix your picture on fix your photo or yeah like on i don't know how to do it right photoshop i don't know how to do it however another interesting thing that kelsey uh, the older sister of libby she was taking photography classes and then she had a YouTube channel. And then after the murders, she took down that YouTube channel. So again, I'm not trying to be a theory, theory like- A uh, conspiracy theorist, yeah. 
conspiracy theories or anything like that, but um, it's there's some weird things that are just strange, and I don't know. The chat guys, okay. the reporters in the room and, he, and the book. Hmm. So, um, and then there is another YouTube channel. It's called Shadow Sleuth that I'm following, hmm. and he is um, he is essay survival, and so he knows he knows a lot about the weird dark signs and that he says that there is some shit going on that you can't even believe what's going on like in the shadows and and the people that are in high positions are involved and doing weird shit like that and pardon my language but he he showed a video where uh libby's grandfather libby's grandfather the current grandfather i guess it's like a step grandfather mm-hmm. and then and then one of the one of the police the, the delphi police officers they're sitting on national tv and then also the mayor and they were sitting there and doing these weird signs with their hands hmm. like like these like Oh. vagina sign i don't know what they are like i'm not into this weird shit, so right. it's sick it's sickening to me but they're all sitting there it, it is in the video that mm-hmm. they're making these weird signs and it's really that's, obvious that's weird that's weird it is, it is very mm-hmm. weird so the only way that i think that i mean why would they per se if Rachel Allen is innocent and there is another thing that is kind of concerning to me like if you look at Scott Peterson and him in court and being like all arrogant and there's like no emotion he's just like this you can tell he's a sociopath like there's no emotion like he doesn't give a crap he's just sitting all arrogant and but Richard Allen, he's like begging court for mercy. And he is, um, I don't know, it's just weird. And then his attorney said that he, he was extremely emotional. I think it's pretty hard for a sociopath narcissistic sociopath to become emotional and beg for mercy i mean you're a narcissist you know the best i don't know just i mean maybe but uh narcissists also can play people and play people for their feelings they're good at those type of things they understand what feelings are supposed to look like and what they're supposed to say so um i i would take probably that you know him asking for mercy and things of that nature is with a grain of salt um you know we'd have to look at that the the book is weird but if you go back to like for instance um gabby uh pepito petito and uh brian laundry there was a book that brian laundry was reading 
had had something similar to like a couple going cross country and ended up in a in a death as well. And not saying that that one was connected or at all, you know, to that or, or was a reason or there was a theory behind it, but there might be a potential for um, coincidences here and there. Um, but that one's crazy that you mentioned about this book. Um, what was the name of the book? Yeah. What was the name of it again? It's called Promise Not. It's called Promise Not Tell. Um, let me show you how it looks like. It's on my Audible. Um, I'll let you know what the author is. It's, it's, it's by Jennifer. It's, it looks like this. Yeah, we, I, I pulled it up. It's, this is the room and, uh, this is him picking that book up. It, it, it is. Right. Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's an interesting to see. That's for sure. That is for sure. We have another guy coming in, uh, Marco. Let's see. And thank you uh, for accepting me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're you're free to hang out or, or or, or whatnot. How's it going, Marco? Can Can you hear us? Okay. Good. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Great. Perfect. We're doing great. So, how long have you been following the case? Since day zero, day one. Day one. How, how do you think that, um, were you surprised with the arrest of Richard Allen? What do you think about the most recent, um, you know, news where probable cause is sealed? Uh, there's potential that there's a, it's social media related. Um, and any, any thoughts or theories about this case that aren't brought up either? Um, I do believe the cops are doing, they know what they're doing. They're sealing it for a reason. Um, everybody was surprised that, uh, Richard Allen was arrested. Nobody in the town knew, nobody in the internet knew, uh, because the cops are staying sealed. They, they know what they're doing. Um, right. since day one, I knew they were going to catch a guy for sure. hundred percent. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's, there's going to be more arrests coming up and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like they said, there's a lot of tentacles. There's a lot of, a lot of connecting parts, a lot of moving parts. I and agree. We're just, seeing agree. The mm -hmm. we're just seeing the surface of it because, oh. you know, we're not privy, we're not privy to that information. 100%. Yep. 100%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when he talked about the tentacles and that's Doug Carter in his interview, I also took that as. Like when he said that this case was complicated, you had certain mm -hmm. people, especially like Ronald Logan, who was lying about the alibi, who mm -hmm. uh, brought up a bunch of things that really pointed the finger in that direction, mm -hmm. pointed the eyes in that direction, rightfully so. And, you know, when you see something like that, you would automatically assume, believe that uh, as an, you know, a law enforcement officer, that that's probably the guy that committed the crime. And then you, you follow those clues for two years and you find out that potentially he was just trying not to go back to jail. And mm. um, so it's just one of those type of situations where I understand what he's saying. And um, yeah, no, Richard Allen was like out of the blue. Nobody expected mm -hmm. it to be that guy. Um, 100%. Um, What's it called? Uh, I, had, I had a question with, for the guest. Uh, I want to 
for for all three of them, I wanted to ask them: Do you think the the evidence that do they do have? Do you think it's all digital, or do you think it's actually DNA? And um, I guess we can we can start off with them, Sterling. Oh uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what they have on him, but I don't think it's DNA. And even if they did were able to collect his DNA, which by this point they have, um, even if they had it sooner, uh, which I don't think he had ever really committed a crime. So, but there's other ways to get people's DNA, of course. Uh, but no, I, I never believed that they had DNA from the very jump, and uh, I believe that because, for example, well, if they had DNA like Ron Logan's, his was on file. So they could have checked it. Not only that, but there was another uh, suspect, uh, Daniel Nations, and um, he was also locked up and his DNA would have been on file. So they went out to Colorado to visit Daniel Nations and try to speak to him in that prison. Yeah, oh, and he denied the conversation, but they flew all the way out there when mm. if they had DNA, it would be case closed. They already had his. And so yeah. I never believed that they had DNA at one point in time, I thought they might have had a partial, and so maybe it was hard to distinguish between father and son, which, uh, you know, who I'm talking about there, you know, maybe it was hard to distinguish between them, but I don't know what they have on Richard Allen. I don't think it's DNA. I wonder if it's related to what he had buried in his backyard, because I heard stories that he stole something from his neighbor, right, and then buried it in his backyard, which is really weird. wonder what that could be, and how did they know where it was? How did they find it? It's bizarre, and was there other things there? Um, and maybe that led to his arrest. Yeah, sure. yeah. What about you, Marco? What do you think? Do you think it's all digital? It's actually DNA or even, like, you know, physical? Uh, let me start off by saying that your beard looks really good. Oh, thank you. I've been working on yeah. it. I, I trimmed it. I was trying to trim it one time, and I cut it off by accident, man, so I had to regrow it. This, oh, is, wow. this is like eight months. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> What's up, Big Blue? What's going on? Good, they, good. They got a jump on last time at the at the restaurant, right? At the taco shop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying to close, and I, I thought I had a few minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what was the question again? Uh, so do you think the evidence I have against Richard Allen is uh, a DNA, uh, digital evidence, or even physical evidence? Uh, I think they got a, a lot on that guy. I really do. Um, I think it is digital. I think it's physical. I think it's, uh, and also, by the way, uh, Daniel, that was a good uh, episode you guys had on where you were describing the difference between the felony murder and it was the other uh, charges. That was really good. Right. You broke it down really good. Yeah. Appreciate and that. I, I, yeah, I do think that that's what they're trying to get him at. They might not get him on the murder, but because he kidnapped them, they can prove that. And it resulted in the death, like you know, you guys were saying, mm -hmm. and that's how they're that's how they're going to get him for sure, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 I agree. The 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 DNA stuff is, you would think that if they had DNA, that they would be able to, um, clear people faster because mm. of that DNA. And the fact that they weren't able to clear people leads me to believe that there's not DNA from, from a suspect, maybe DNA. Mm -hmm from Libby or Abby found at the house, that that would trade trade back. I mean, you talk about the, the nature of the murders and the fact that there was blood that, that would have been found on the person that committed the murders. 
then perhaps maybe you're finding shoes that he used, the shirt, sweater, the jacket, mm. the hat, something of that nature. And if they found the DNA evidence of Libby and Abby on it, then that would be a slam dunk case. However, that would be on the probable cause affidavit, and that would not have a lawyer too confident, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, what, what about you? Uh, was it lovely? The lovely Finks. What do you think about that? Uh, do you think there's they have physical DNA or even uh, digital evidence against Richard uh, Allen? Yeah, my name is Irina. <laughs> it's my <laughs> YouTube name, Lovely. <laughs> well, there was um, there was one officer that did say I don't remember all of their names, but he did say that they have DNA. Um, I honestly feel like second sketch could have been because they used DNA. So that's probably why they came up with the second sketch. Um, or maybe they have touched DNA, but one of the officers did say that they do have DNA. I think he kind of, he wasn't supposed to say that, but he kind of spoke out that they did but i agree with all of you it's really it's a really confusing case and i agree with marco that i guess if they wanted to pin on the uh, just some guy um that they would just pin on ron logan you know he's dead so but i agree with marco that you know you want to I want to believe in justice in this country, and I want to believe that everybody is trying to do, you know, what's what's honest and ethical and what's best for humanity. However, I've seen a lot of corruption and a lot of weird shiz happening, especially recently. Uh -huh. um, that that is kind of weird what's going on in our country. Uh, not want to go there, but, um, <laughs> but that's another subject, but yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope that they do have DNA and if it is Richard Allen, then, um, they have something, uh, very, a good evidence against him but if not he's going to become one wealthy guy because this is a very public case like literally oh, the sure. entire world is following this case like if he is innocent then he oh they're in big trouble the right. they the you know it's it's gonna get exposed eventually it kind of sucks that he has to be there in prison and um, his freedom doesn't have freedom right now. It's horrible, uh, but yeah, he 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 will be a millionaire if he's not if, so he's, right, yeah. if he's innocent. Yeah if he's, yeah, if he's not the right guy, he's got some some case there. Now, Shell asks, I wonder about his aliases. Doesn't Richard supposedly have an alias? Craig something. Where does it come from? And ooh, I passed it. Trina said, Shell, the alias is supposed to be a clerical error. It was Craig Ross Renfro. Now, I will say this. I did look up Craig Ross Renfro and I found a profile near the area. 
Now, this guy could have been a friend of of um, of, of Richard Allen's, and Richard Allen did have a DWI or a DUI arrest out there. Uh, it's possible maybe he got pulled over without a license and he used his friend's name. Once you do that once, that's 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 listed as your alias for the rest of your life. That's on your on your arrest record or 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 uh, your record for uh, criminal complaints. And so there's a possibility there. But if it was a clerical error, man, that guy's probably <laughs> getting blown up too. like this guy's using your information. Let's see. Um, yeah, you got to wonder about everything in this case. It's so it's so crazy. I think I think this case and the one that's happening right now in Idaho with the university students are are right on the core of media at this point. Yeah, there's some few of them that that are up there, but yeah, those two are definitely in the in the core media area for sure. Yeah, for sure. The big is the nightclub shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just happened. Shooting that. Yeah. that just happened too. But with this case, I don't, given the holidays that are coming up, given the fact that they're not even going to look at the bond situation until next year in February, mm. I don't, I think there's a slim chance that the probable cause, the redacted one comes out tomorrow, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be in January also. I think it's going to be super, super slim for it to even come out anytime this week. I'm guessing two, two weeks the most, maybe something comes out, but I'm not really looking I, I think it does. Do you know what the new updates are? Because I just started getting on the internet. So the newest update is that the um, the the judge has received the a redacted form of the probable cause affidavit. Is going to be reviewing the probable cause affidavit and will be um, deciding on whether or not they're going to send out that probable cause, make it public. Um, the reason why that the probable cause affidavit was re redacted uh, or not or requested for it to be sealed was prosecutors admitted that there was more there's more per, uh, people involved than richard allen mm -hmm. um and that uh that it's an ongoing investigation um and that there are witnesses that potentially could you know be questioned or or whatnot um manipulated or harmed or whatever the case may be if their information goes out there. And so they're trying to keep it redacted um, or sealed. However, they did turn in a redacted form of the probable cause affidavit. The lawyers for um, Richard Allen came out, said that they saw the probable cause affidavit. They felt that it was flimsy, not strong, and they're requesting him to be released. And, um, you know, it sounds pretty confident. They're also requesting that the probable cause affidavit be unsealed and shown out there which is not a tactic normally taken by by the defense attorneys and so mm. it's super it sounds like the evidence that they have against them might be sketchy um you know there was wow. there was rumors that it was something because something was stolen um if something was stolen and they just kind of went and did a knock and talk is what it's called mm -hmm. knock ask them a question like hey um you know we have uh report of some uh, stolen property in the area or somebody stole some stuff. Do you mind if we search your property just to clearly clear you from that potential theft? And he says, yeah, they go in there, they look around, they look in a shed or whatever. They find something of value. At that point, they need to go get a search warrant. 
They stop the search. They stop everything. They have to go get a search warrant. They get a search warrant. Uh, they go back. And when you listen to the um, you listen to the reports that came out on the day of the search, it does kind of sound like something like that could have happened. It sounds like halfway through the search or at some point of the search, investigators came back, presented Allen with some paperwork, and then they went back and dug something up, and then they were looking at a bunch of different places. Those things, it does kind of sound like it might be falling down that line of events. I can't rule that out at all. In fact, it kind of makes sense, you know, from the knock and talk to um, having to get a search warrant after you've already started a search uh, leads me to believe that it's quite possible that they don't have anything connecting Richard Allen to Keegan Klein yet, and they're still trying to figure that part out. What's it called on on the on those documents being sealed? I believe one of the one of the victim's grandmother actually put in a, a letter for it not to be. A petition, uh, yeah. Yeah, a petition not to be, um, you know, unsealed. Right. I don't, know, I don't know if it was Libby's. I'm not really sure who, which one it was. Yeah, she had like over 40,000 signatures. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's that too. But I'll be honest with you. When it comes to petitions like that, those mm -hmm. really aren't going to go anywhere. Uh, at the end of the day, Mr. Allen has rights, and those rights are a speedy, yep. fast trial and to be... Uh, to to know what he's accused of and, and things of that nature. And that probable cause is one of those rights that he has that that should be public for everybody to see and for himself to see. Yep. Um, I find it like the other, there's another theory that's out there that they want to keep it sealed because they're embarrassed by what it is. Hmm. You, you know, if that's the case, that they're, not, they're a little bit embarrassed or whatever the case may be, and you see the reaction from the defense attorney it's not far-fetched man did they just find out that he was uh what he was arrested for like did richard adam just found out yeah him and his lawyers for? yeah they found out uh at some point after he got his attorneys he got the probable cause affidavit so um that right there on its own is kind of weird like right. Even if he wasn't didn't have an attorney, you have to defend. You have to show him why he was arrested and what the probable cause was for the arrest. And the magistrate has to decide if the probable cause was uh, good enough for the arrest, or if not, if it wasn't, then they drop the case. Not drop the case, but drop the charge of that at that point. You can still file charges afterwards, of course. But you know, it's just one of those things, though, where it's like there's. The defense is wanting it to be released, which is uncommon. And the prosecution is not wanting it to be released. And kind of can, you know, if at anything, if it's just a tactic by the defense attorneys, it's definitely working to throw out some 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 um, uh, disbelief that there's potentially something there, you know, because if it was a smoking gun type of thing, the defense would not want that going out to the public because then at that point. That could sway potential jurors, potential anybody who's following the case, the media to sway them in a certain direction that they don't want it to. Yeah. If the evidence comes out that it's not strong, it's not strong evidence. There's already a lot of people who have had their own theories and thoughts about about this case as far as which direction it goes. Uh, if it's not that strong, then those theories of 
of anything would be would increase, which could increase the possibility of reasonable doubt. And so it's it's a, it's a good tactic by the defense right now. Um, it's it's it could be a bluff, knowing that they don't want to release it, knowing that potentially that there's information on there that could lead to a bigger bust. Let's just say. Uh, the bigger bust isn't have anything to do with this murder, but potentially a CP ring, right? Mm. And there's a lot of other people that are involved in some human trafficking and, and things of that nature. Um, the defense attorneys might know that, might know that they don't want to lose that case on that and mm. use the, the fact that they want to keep it sealed to their advantage to create doubt within the community by putting it out there that, they, that the defense or the prosecutor doesn't want to release it and the defense does. Uh, it makes you wonder and think like, what are you hiding at that point? Yeah. Um, the judge did say that he would consider it, but they had to redact, you know, all the minors names off of there mm -hmm. to protect them. And so they wanted to resubmit it and see if right. it would be approved by then. So we'll see. What's it called? Um, I had another question for the guest. Um, uh, it, when when it comes down to the search party, um, I believe they started at five around five thirty, if I'm correct, if I'm not wrong. I think it was around five thirty, and but they ended the search at one thirty in the morning. I find it really hard to believe that they would just stop looking for two m missing teenage girls so 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 quickly. Not only that, but like it, it's still the search for six hours, and this part of the uh, tr uh, tr uh, trail. And it's not not as big as it looks like, you know. What I mean, I, I, I'm I'm surprised it took this long, that long for them to find them. What do you, What do you think? Um, uh, who wants to go first? Lovely. Oh, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to mention um, that the the calling of the dogs, the search dogs, was mm. like the weirdest thing uh because like even this wooded area so at least they would they would be able to tell which way the killer went i mean he would have a bunch of blood on himself so that's what i was gonna say yeah what time no, did they stop the search uh, i think it was they, they reported at 1 30 around 1 30 in the morning mm. Yeah, they just stopped yeah, searching at one thirty. They stopped the search, right? And the next day, when they found the bodies, they they were bringing these um, special, specially trained cadaver dogs, or um, I don't know exactly what kind of dogs, but they were coming from another state, and they mm -hmm. they called it off. Hmm. So. Um, we, we looked at the, we looked at the flyby from, um, the helicopter that was in the area at the time of the, when the bodies were, um, were missing still. And I think it started around 10 AM and you can see a lot of activity and movement and even flashes that look like camera flashes, um, in and around the area where the bodies were suspected to have been found. Um, I think that maybe perhaps there's an opportunity there that the bodies were found a little bit earlier than reported. They mm. understood the type of scene that they had, that this wasn't a missing persons anymore. This was foul play. 
And well, they found the bodies that don't need to have the cadaver dogs anymore. And so they sent them back um, and then processed it and then, you know, put out the time frame in which they found him later. But I don't know. It sounds kind of fishy to put it later that they found him. Yeah. Um, what, what, what about you, Sterling? What do you think about that? Calling off the search at 130 in the morning. It's insane. It's insane to call off that search. And I didn't know the time that they caught it off. But from what I understand, Tobe Leslie caught off the search. Uh, he was the sheriff. And he uh, heard him say he defended it because it was dark. It was dark. Like, you can get generators and lights. And also, if you can search until 1.30 in the morning, obviously, it's been dark for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you were already, you already been searching in the dark. Like, why not keep going? It sounded bogus. And um, I also heard that, and it could have been a typo, Maybe it's like on the autopsies, which maybe weren't released, so I'm not sure where it was. But somebody said that Abby died on the next day, like her date of death was the 14th, and maybe Libby's was the 13th, implying that uh, Abby could have could have possibly lived throughout the night. And I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, you know, if it is true, um, I could understand a lot of secrecy behind it because you wouldn't want people to know that you caught off the search while one of them was still alive out there. Um, and I would also say on another topic, like uh, as far as the the stuff being sealed up, the probable, probable cause being sealed, if they had DNA, there's no reason why you would have to redact uh, the fact that Richard Allen's DNA matched from what they found at the crime, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no reason why that would be needed to be redacted. And that's absolutely something that would be in the probable cause affidavit. So so going back to that, I think that their case is flimsy. I think that if I had to speculate and I just want to throw, I like to just throw things out there. And let's see if it comes true. This is just what I would speculate is that they found some stuff buried in his backyard. I think that he stole something from the neighbor and it was caught possibly on a on a cam. Right. And then they, they looked at that camera footage and saw him here and other stuff. And one of the stuff that they found out there, maybe it was matched to something that was Libby's. Maybe maybe somebody in Libby's family said, yeah, she did own some socks like that or some underwear like that. Oh. And just because you found something that maybe belonged to one of the victims doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, murdered them. And uh, I don't know. I'm just throwing out wild speculations because I don't mind being yeah. wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm -hmm. nobody's going to know until the probable cause affidavit comes out. However, when you look at the uh, search warrant, um, they they went and did some digging and things of that nature. Um, that would have to be in the search warrant that what they're digging for specifically. You know, whether it's remains, uh, souvenirs, things of that nature. And they would have to have reason to believe that those remains, souvenirs or whatever it was, was uh, dug up and buried. Um, I wonder where they got that information from. Well, again, something was stole from Richard Neighbor's house, Richard Allen's neighbor's house. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then they got the search warrant to go dig it up in his backyard, which tells me either what he stole, had a GPS on it, or someone saw him burying it, or it was probably caught on video. And then if they went in to find the neighbor's property, which would be easy to get a search warrant if it was caught on video, or someone says that they saw it even, um, you could get that search warrant and maybe they found other things that he had buried back there. And maybe one of those things 
looks like something that allegedly one of the victims had owned. Right. Potentially. I mean, it could be like a necklace or something that is um, highly uh, produced, you know, um, one of those like Walmart type of necklaces and end up being coincidental. Uh, did you have something to say, uh, Lovely? Um, so I, if if that's the true statement, whatever you're saying about stealing somebody else's stuff, wouldn't that be a part of his as charges on his arrest? Um, maybe. It's also probably uh, different courts. So you have federal and you have a district. So you have district and you have a county. County is typically like misdemeanor type of deal. So if, let's just say it was a theft of something less than $1,000, then that would be a misdemeanor court and it would be something completely different than what goes into your uh, district court, which would be your felony cases. Well, at least that's how it works here in Texas. Uh, I assume that it's like, the same in other states as well. What was but that? wouldn't that be unsealed? Because there is... Uh, you would have to like, do a freedom of information... No no public record. So, right. So there is there is a video. I don't know. So so Richard Allen's property was searched. Many people right. witnessed all the uh, unmarked cars at his house. They saw him standing in his driveway for twelve hours. He def they definitely got a search warrant to go in there. And I don't necessarily believe that that search warrant was. Uh, necessarily connected to the murders at first. I think that it was connected to the neighbor's complaint that something was stolen and they watched him bury it in the backyard or somebody saw it or it was on video. So they got a search warrant to come check his property and they saw that things were dug up, things were taken out of his residence. There was bags of evidence, shoebox, clothes, clothing items. There was things taken out of there. And if one of those things allegedly was shown to the family and they said, yeah, and maybe they don't even have DNA on it, that would make it even flimsier. And just because, even if it was one of the victims, I mean, a good attorney could argue that that doesn't mean necessarily that, that Richard Allen was the murderer. Right. The, the only thing about the the digging up and stuff like that, if somebody saw or, or somebody claimed that they saw him digging something up or there was visual evidence, then the search would be limited to the backyard only and only to what they saw as far as digging up. They wouldn't search the rest of the house. Now, if the way I see it, if it was something that was stolen um, and it had nothing to do with Keegan Klein or the search of the Wabash River, is it would have to be a knock and talk. You knock on the door, you talk to the person that comes out and says, hey, you know, we have a we have a uh, a report of this type of crime. Do you mind if we search your shed? Somebody stole. Uh, let's just say that the uh, object that they were stealing or, or or accused of being stolen was a lawnmower. Well, you can go in there and you can search the shed, but you can't search like different compartments of the shed that a lawnmower wouldn't fit in. If you found something in there, let's just say it was a, a drawer. You open up a drawer, you find the souvenir from the case. That's inadmissible. You can't even get a warrant for it. A judge can't even sign off on it. And so it has to be super specific as to what you're looking for. And the area has to be super specific as well. Now, if they did a knock and talk and they said, hey, yeah, um, can we check your, you know, your, your shed for a lawnmower? Yeah, go ahead. You walk in there and on the shelf in plain view in front of the world to see, 
you see in you know an item from the crime then at that point you can say all right we found something you don't touch it you take a picture of it you submit it to a judge and then you write you articulate in your report while doing a knock and talk and have permission to search this residence for this object in plain view and in plain sight this object was seen that was used or just or potentially used uh, or taken from the scene of this murder over here we would like probable we find this to be probable cause to search the remaining portion of the house the house and or you know to dig anything up and at that point they go they keep these folks outside which from what i understand it was a 12-hour ordeal you keep them outside you keep them away from the property so that way they can't manipulate the home or potential evidence and then uh, once you get your warrant, you come back, you pick up the vehicle, you, you do a 100% clean search of that house and go through it. Uh, that makes some sense to, to me. The potentially finding something in the river makes sense to me that led back to, to Richard Allen. Uh, those are the avenues, in my opinion, that would lead to a search, um, if that makes sense. If if uh, let's just say let's go down this rabbit hole if if one of these cameras caught him stealing something from the neighbor's house and then or just even breaking in and they claim something was stolen and then he took that item he walked into his house yeah came out the back door buried something at a later point then you could easily get a search warrant for the house and the backyard mm. It depends on what they're claiming is stolen. Um, I think that you would probably get the, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that's not possible. It's possible if there was some kind of video image of him stealing something and then him walking into his house uh, and then burying it. But that the way I like to work cases is backwards, right? So I like to work a case backwards. I'll look at a case and say, all right, if um, if this is the answer, right? Let's just say um, uh, they did. Uh, we'll go with an easy one for me. Ronald Logan. Let's just say if Ronald Logan was involved, then in my opinion, he had to be a lone wolf because if he wasn't, if somebody else was involved, then I'm set to believe that Ronald Logan took a half mile hike, was on the bridge, abducted somebody while somebody else of half his age at least was waiting in the wings right that doesn't make sense to me so when it when i when i when i work into a case if the answer if the how can i put this if what it takes to make that answer right gets exponentially bigger and things have to be crazy for it to work then in my opinion it's less likely mm -hmm. uh you know and so in that scenario if somebody had video of him stealing something then they would have arrested him on that as well. And so that's why the other thing is, and like Lovely said, there's no record of him getting arrested. They would have gone in there, arrested him, and um, he would have gone to jail for that. Uh, what makes sense to me is for him not to have gone to jail that day was they found something in the river that led it back to his house whatever they found at his house required some type of forensic, whether it was DNA from the girls that found on clothing or it was a cell phone that, um, that they found in his house that needed to go work through. Whatever the case may be, it needed some type of forensic stuff to go through it, which is why it took two weeks to get him arrested. Um, 
that is possible or a knock and talk, which allowed them to, you know, he gave permission for the search. They found something during that search, which required them to go get a, a search warrant. Those are the simplest, like from point A to point B that I can find um, and, and make the most sense, if that makes any sense. What's it called? Hey, um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take off, but I wanted to say thanks for the to the guests for, for, for coming on and then chatting with us. Uh, and I wanted to remind you all that this coming up week, I think we're going to have a fan show where we can have anybody who wants to come on and just talk, not, not, not just about this case or anything, anything pretty much. And um, it was great having you, but unfortunately, I have to take off. I got to take care of my kids. <laughs> They're hungry. Yeah, so. yeah. No, yeah, we're probably only going to go on for a couple more minutes anyways. We're, but we're um, ha have, a, have a great holiday, uh, Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I'll see you all later. See you later. Sure. Take care. Thank you. And so, yeah, yeah, we're getting a little bit longer here in the tooth. Do you guys have any other questions or comments before we let everybody go? We start off with so, uh, Marco. Um, you, or, you know what? Lovely, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. What I've heard is that they went back into their records, the police, the officers that are investigating Delphi murders. They went back into their little notes and records and they saw that they talked to Richard Allen, who came to them and said that he was on the bridge at that time. And that's how they started uh, looking into right. him. But I, yeah, don't, that's... I don't know if this was... Yeah, that's the rumor that he came out and that he went and he spoke to, to a state conservation officer in Indiana and explained to him that he was on the on the bridge that day that the girls went missing, but that he didn't see anything of, of importance. That alone is not enough to get a warrant. It really isn't. Now, perhaps maybe they went through uh, that information. They saw that he was on the bridge and they did a knock and talk. Hey, you know, we know you're on the bridge. You said you were on the bridge. Would you mind if we search your residence? And he said, yeah, that, that's that's another plausible explanation to it. Uh, but it just boils down to by dumb chance and doing a knock and talk and allowing um, the officers to go in there and search the house, which I'll be honest with you guys. That's not something that's not is, is uncommon. It's something that does happen. Um, you'll get uh, perpetrators that you know answer the door they don't want to seem suspicious so they say yeah go ahead and you know they don't usually understand their rights all the way um, and so criminals aren't usually um, the smartest or whatever right they're not the most cunning and so when you go into a situation where they're high pressured um, they potentially have done something there's police at their door they might be inclined to just agree so that way they don't seem you know guilty so that's that's quite possible as well. Quite possible as well. Um, what about the rest of you guys? Uh, Sterling, do you have any final questions or thoughts? Final questions or thoughts. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've seen a, one account called Wife Lilith, and this person claims to be the girlfriend of Key and Klein. This person claims to visit him in prison, and she has inside information. And she claims that, that the whole affidavits that the murder she linked were bogus. And uh, she claims that uh, a lot of the things that have come out are not true. And uh, it's just interesting to get that perspective. 
And that's kind of where I first started thinking about the fact that it might be fake and they might be trying to lure somebody into making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about Daniel Nations earlier, who's a suspect that they visited in Colorado. And Daniel Nations uh, is someone who was known to live under bridges in Indiana. He was a sex offender and he looks amazingly striking, strikingly like the first sketch that came out. And Daniel Nations found his mother's uh, dead body, murdered body who, by his uncle. Uh, Daniel Nations actually found the body when he was a child and the, the body was partially covered under leaves. And I just find that interesting because they said that Libby's body as well was um, found under leaves. He also was arrested in Colorado for threatening people on a nature trail out in the woods with a hatchet. And I've heard that the, 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 the weapon in this case was described as a bladed a bladed weapon, yeah, or right. an edged weapon, excuse me. A sharp weapon. Yeah, an edged weapon, I think is how they phrased it, which is quite strange. Maybe that's usual to describe it that way, but they didn't say a knife, they said an edged weapon. And this is a person who has been threatening people on a nature trail and is suspected in a different murder. And when they found him, he had a 22 and a hatchet. And it's just interesting to look into Daniel Nations. I'm not saying he is the murderer, but he was suspected. He was visited and couldn't rule him out. And he didn't even talk to him. And when they came back, they held a press conference and they said, oh, well, we spent some time with Daniel Nations. We're no longer interested in him. That's what Doug Carter said. But then the truth is that's not the truth. They went out there to see him and his lawyer denied them the conversation. So they never spoke to him and they couldn't have ruled him out. I found that strange. Um, anyway, thanks, y'all. Yeah, that's, that's, that is interesting. I'm not going to deny that. Um, you know, and then, like I said, that, that, that could lead also to a bunch of the tentacles that Doug Carter spoke about saying that the, the case was so confusing and, and there was a bunch of different avenues. Um, what about you, Marco? Any, any last words or thoughts or theories before we uh, end the show? You're muted. If I'm not sure if you can hear us. It keeps going in and out like it's the internet. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. But um, I apologize that, Marco. Um, we're going to be coming back on Friday. We're going to be inviting people to come on and, and doing the same thing that uh, that we're doing now, kind of getting ideas and, and, and theories and thoughts from from our guests. Uh, it doesn't have to be just on the Delphi murders. It could be on, on any of the cases that we have covered or potentially a case we haven't covered. We've covered the Delphi murders. We've talked about the Idaho Four murders. Uh, we went into Vanessa Gillian, who was the Fort Hood uh, soldier that went missing, and we, we went through all that. And so if you have any questions or theories about that, let us know. I want to thank our guests that have came on today and, and, and talked to us. I really do appreciate it. Um, Marco, are you with us? Yeah, I was having a problem with uh, the Wi-Fi. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Any, any last final thoughts and, and theories on the, um, on the case? No, I think. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's um, gonna be. Um, and they did that with the John Wayne Gacy yeah, case. Yeah, even the smell of. With the smell, you're gonna you can get probable cause, too. So I think that might might have happened. But I think everybody's gonna be more surprised of what evidence they do have, more video, more DNA, uh, and more people connect to it, more arrests. Uh, I'm pretty confident in this case, and in law enforcement that's working this case, I'm pretty confident with them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, again, I want to thank everybody that's come on board. 
please be safe this um, this ho holiday uh, week. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I want to appreciate everybody again in the live chat that commented and gave you gave us your thoughts and theories. If you're on the uh, replay crew, make sure to hit us in the comment section with your thoughts and theories on this case. And um, if there's anything else that maybe perhaps we're not aware of. Um, thank you all. I'm going to go ahead and end the show with the uh, with our intro. Peace out, guys. Have a good night, guys. I'll take care. Thanks for coming on. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, you yeah. know it, buddy. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have a good night. All right. Bye. bye. For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jordan? The end of the bridge, too. You gotta go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about 50. A suspect in the criminal investigation out of Fort Hood is dead. Officials say he killed himself overnight. They needed that little music in the background. It goes, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Right. Knew about it or was there. It's, he's as guilty as the person who committed Chilling details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Tim, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like, they said he went AWOL. Mm. And that uh, he was a, a deserter. And nobody went to look for him. He sees him taking off with the wife. They end up finding the wife uh, murdered with the uh, the baby out of her, and they found the baby in another place. Hey, greetings from the year three thousand. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Pry. And you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe.